As always, it is Western Culture, Western Civilization Appreciation Hour, here on Quite Frankly, and I welcome you. It is October 11th, 2022. It's a Tuesday evening. I'm still feeling a little under the weather, um, so I got in touch with Bill Ottman, and I told him, hey, listen, I have Thursday open. How about you come Thursday instead? Just give me 48 hours so um, we don't have to be breathing in the same room. Just... In case, who the hell knows? Still, um, feeling all right, and it's Thursday evening in two days. <laughs> uh, that's what we'll be doing then instead. So tonight we're gonna we're gonna thumb through some headlines in the grab bag and a little bit of an extended grab bag. We'll be taking calls and we're gonna be talking about something I've been waiting to do for a while, and that is catfish catfishing scams. Catfish stories. Times when a person may have assumed a fake identity in order to scam you in some way. It could have been monetary. It could have been purely emotional, which is always the scariest thing. Um, I have my own story. I can speak on behalf of the guys over here. And uh, But we have great entries on the official thread on QuiteFrankly.tv, the forum over there. So, um, But there will be plenty of time for people to call in. I'm going to set up a catfish line on Discord so people can jump into that at some point. And, uh, yeah, away we go. So I want to welcome you uh, along for the ride here tonight, ladies and gents. It's going to be a good one. I really do feel it in my bones, in my plums. I can feel it. It's going to be a good one. The Yankees play in about a half hour from now, so I'll be keeping up with that along the way. They're playing Cleveland and they will always just be Cleveland to me. Because I can never say the Cleveland Guardians in an unironic way or some kind of a joke, not joking way. It's a completely unserious thing. And uh, just, I don't know. In New York, October baseball, there's just something about it. So it lures you in. I... Um, I want, to, I want to thank my sponsors tonight, Secret Nature CBD. I did not have any Secret Nature today, but I might do a little bit of drops into the tongue when I get back home, along with my chamomile tea mixed in with the Manuka honey. So there will be that, and tomorrow hopefully I wake up and I'm 98, 98%, because I did not work out today, and I hate when that happens. I just said I'm not doing this. And um, I ate a lot less than I use I usually do. So I don't like that either. So I cannot wait to get back onto the horse. And that's what we'll do. SecretNatureCBD.com. Promo code FRANKLY. I'm going to bring Tyler from Secret Nature on soon because I want to talk to him about the endocannabinoid system in the body. That's going to be a great night, especially since um, cannabis has been in the news lately in that really stupid, you know, we talked about it last night. The overtures made by the people who are in the White House right now working the corpse of Joe Biden like a glove. Well, we're going to talk about regulation. We're going to talk about the reality of things and uh, and perhaps do a real destigmatization by just talking about how it seems to be that the human body was built to connect molecularly 
with uh, the properties of the cannabis plant. So I want to talk about that, and we will at some point this month. I'll, I'll let you know soon. Uh, in the meantime, just as as I keep reading, especially with the news coming out about the Bank of England, which we're going to do in-depth tomorrow night when Robin McCutcheon, Professor Robin McCutcheon, Professor of Economics at Marshall University, is on with us tomorrow. Bank of England to global markets. You have three days to sell all the things. An interesting day that started with the Bank of England expanding its pension fund bailout, the IMF slashing global growth outlooks, and significant hawkishness from Mester refuting Brenard's comments yesterday. Things were all holding together in an orderly fashion, however, until the Bank of England's governor, Andrew Bailey, started speaking in Washington late in the day and went full Leroy Jenkins. After doubling down on his pension fund bailout scheme, he spoke in Washington this afternoon, initially warning that market volatility went beyond bank stress tests and saying that there's a serious risk to UK financial system stability, noting that the buying program is only temporary. So um, we're going to go into this tomorrow. Hopefully we get some calls, especially calls from people like the Zells who send me stuff all the time and say, told you, Frank, $65 billion was just a drop in the bucket of what would be needed to really stabilize this thing. The pain is coming. So I don't even really know what the hell this means in full. I understand I understand the, the, the fundamentals of the, uh, the unsustainability of central banking, of fractional reserve lending, enough to get us by. I'm never going to be nobody's broker. I'm not a financial advisor. So whatever. But I guess when it, come, when it all comes down to is just continue to make sure because between this, the Russia-Ukraine thing, which they keep going on, we need more. Zelensky today saying Russia is trying to wipe us off the map. We need more. Please send more weapons. Send more weapons. Just say send the troops. Just say send in the troops at this point. What I don't understand what is so um, what's holding everybody back. It's an all-out war. I mean, it's all out in the open. I should say, not all out. Uh, that that's something completely different. And it seems like we're crawling towards that. But between that and the economic stuff, which actually ties in with the war stuff, because the economic stuff will be completely forgotten about if there's some other kind of calamity, like a pandemic level something or a hot war between superpowers military superpowers at least all that stuff put together i just keep reminding myself make sure that your medicine chests are stocked make sure you have a few months of food per person in your home and maybe a little extra for the doubting thomases in your life Backup communication, water filtration, weapons, exercise daily, read often, pray more. I would just continue to make that your daily checklist. And uh, most of that stuff you can find with our sponsors and all of the our friends on the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv for sure. But um, just do things in your private life. Uh, just do things. Angela Lansbury died. 96 years old. So watch Sweeney Todd one more time this weekend in her memory. You know that they're going to do a murder she wrote is probably going to be rerunning 10 times as much as it already is. But a life well lived. 
Unless I know, unless I, there's something about her I don't know. I'll get a couple of emails. Do you know Angela Lansbury? Um, we have now more from the Kanye West Tucker Carlson interview. We haven't gone into these clips yet, and uh, it, the reason why, and I can say it today, is that I'm waiting to talk about it next week. Wednesday the 19th, Roseanne Barr is coming on. Been speaking to her. Um, got that all worked out. I told her that Kathy O'Brien was coming on the 20th. Do you want to come on the 19th? Because we were going back and forth about, I asked her about Kanye. Because, of course, he brought up the Jews. Um, and uh, she says, oh, he, you know, we're, we were friends. He wrote me a, uh, he wrote me, a, oh, no, Coolio. She was talking about Coolio wrote her a rap. So I said, I want to talk about Kanye and Coolio and all this other type of stuff and MK programming and all that shit. And she said, absolutely. She said, I would also... And Kathy O'Brien, I have not texted her yet, but if she's watching right now, she said that she's like best friends with Kathy O'Brien and she would love to come on with Kathy to do a whole night about programming. So that would be, wouldn't that be fun? Anyway, we'll be talking about this next week. Leaked unaired clips, unaired clips of Kanye West. This is from the, uh, where the hell are we at? Brave, where's the Brave browser? Uh, show him make even more anti-Semitic comments. Claim that fake children were planted in his home and that Virgil Abhol was killed. He recently sat down for an interview with Fox News' Tucker Carlson after he returned from Paris Fashion Week, where he sparked controversy. Uh, let's see here. He made headlines recently for anti-Semitic comments and his unaired answers to Carlson's questions are no different. Uh, he said that Planned Parenthood was created by Margaret Sanger, a known eugenics, eugenicist, to control the Jew population. Well, if she wanted to control the Jews, she also, she also wanted to control the black population and eliminate it. Like weeds. Like you would uproot weeds in your garden. That's, that's how she was approaching the ethnic cleansing of America. That, of course, has been co-opted uh, time and time again by new eras, new generations of liberals in this country. But that's just what they are. Um, he says, when I say Jew, I mean 12 lost tribes of Judah, the blood of Christ, who the people known as the race black really are. So, listen... We're going to go into the weeds on this one. We'll see what happens. He also made some interesting comments like this. Uh, Kim, talking about Kim Kardashian, is a hybrid of Marina Abramovic, Marilyn Monroe, and Hillary Clinton, which is pretty telling. Which I, 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 I Would you disagree? Just from the look at the Kardashians, are they not the sirens on the rocks? Are they not the sirens on the rocks? So that'll be interesting. We'll get into that sometime next week. Uh, let's see here. Another one. Another one that you just don't... I don't know how to how to handle her. I give her, her, I give her some due when it comes to free speech and some foreign policy aspects of her worldview. But Tulsi Gabbard is still a socialist at heart, which I don't mind. It's not illegal to be a socialist. Um, just go and enact your ideas on the ground level in your local communities and find ways to fund your ideas locally because if it works out then great then great if it doesn't work out then it means that it's not worthy of stealing other people's money 
to pump into a system that's not going to work. So I don't have any problem with socialists and people who are, you know, radical egalitarian leftist types, as long as they all they want to minimize the damage of their ideas to localities. You know, little, little tiny fishbowls where you can figure out what works for people. That's, that's what we need. That's what we need. And then, and then you see people grow up real quick. And in some places where it can work out, then more power to them. More power to them. When it comes to Tulsi Gabbard, though, she says that she's leaving the Democrat Party. Denounces control of an elitist cabal of warmongers. Then why did you endorse Joe Biden in 2020? Why'd you endorse him then? See, I believe that turnarounds are possible, but I, I, I don't know. Former Hawaii Representative Tulsi Gabbard announced she's leaving the Democrat Party. I refuse to continue. Everybody has just a, a, agreed to call it the Democratic Party. The Undemocratic Party. Denouncing lawmakers on the left for prom promoting policies that r racialize every issue, stroke anti-white racism. Good for her for saying that. She's not wrong. In a video announcement released on Tuesday, Gabbard called on other members of the party to abandon the Democrat Party. Accusing the left of only protecting the powerful elite, it's not clear what party Gabbard plans to join next or if she intends to remain independent. I can know, see, and, and that's what really is, I mean, Bernie Sanders is an independent guy that honeymoons in the USSR. I can no longer remain in today's Democrat Party. It is now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoke anti-white racism, actively working to undermine our God-given freedoms and hostile to people of faith and spirituality, demonize the police and protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, believe in open borders, weaponize the nation's national security state to go after political opponents, and above all, dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. If you can no longer stomach the direction of so-called woke Democrat Party ideologues or taking our country, I invite you to join me. Okay, well, let's see who she endorses or let's see who she runs uh, against and splits the votes of. I'm totally fine with her correctly identifying much of the problem there. Totally fine. That's great. That's great, but she is only human. All right, what else do we have here? We're going to talk about the Bank of England thing tomorrow. We talked about that. Here we go. Some interesting news from the Gateway Pundit. Pfizer director admits vaccine was never tested on preventing transmission during EU hearing, contrary to previous claims. Oh. During the COVID-19 EU hearing, Pfizer's president of international development uh, develop, developed markets, Janine Small, admitted that the vaccine had never been tested on its ability to prevent transmission, contrary to what was previously advertised. Robert Roos, a politician from the Netherlands who is also a member of the European Parliament, exposed a lie that people from all over the world had been led to believe. He said, quote, If you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch Prime Minister and Health Minister told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but for others. You do it for all of society. That's what they said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense, Roos said in his viral bombshell video posted on Twitter. Quote, in a COVID meeting in European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me at the time of instruction, the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus. 
in one of the more atrocious crimes against humanity and all the governments work together with big pharma and big tech to deceive the general public into taking the covid shot they lied to us they coerced millions of people this is this is editorializing from gateway pundit here's another quote from Roos. this removed the entire legal basis for the covert pass the covert passport he's talking about the covid the COVID passport that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal. It should be criminal. Yes, I find this to be criminal and uh, punishable by life sentences across the board. And now that we're dealing with such an egregious amount of permanent injury and death, perhaps some executions? Perhaps some executions? Can we have some of those? Regarding the question, here's another quote. Regarding the question, oh, wait, wait, wait. During the hearing, when asked by Roos if the Pfizer COVID vaccine test stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered, was it tested? Entered the market, Janine Small responded while smiling. Regarding the question around, uh, around did we know stopping immunization uh, before it entered the market? No, we have to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. You have to... You have to move at the speed of science to understand what's taking place in the market? You're supposed to move at the speed of science to understand what's taking place in the fucking vials you're going to start pumping into people's arms. That's why even for conventional vaccines, which now so many more people don't even want to touch those, and I don't blame them, it took anywhere from 5, 10, 15 years to bring something to market. Once all the shots stop killing the rats, of course. So it's just incredible. It's incredible. Incredible stuff. It really is. Oh, oh, but, uh, but did you also hear... Did you also hear that researchers in Sydney, Australia, from the Heart Center for Children, they have finally put at least another finger to the pulse of the problem of children dropping dead these days and developing heart problems um, very mysteriously in an, in an increased rate over the last year and a half, especially. Gaming can be deadly for children, the headline reads for the Daily Mail. Action-packed missions, action-packed missions, so like when you, when you play a campaign on Call of Duty or something like that, those missions that you play on Call of Duty, they might kickstart life-threatening arrhythmias in kids with undiagnosed heart issues, study suggests. So... There you go. The joy of being accepted into college can give you a heart attack. Cold showers can give you a heart attack if you're a young person with no uh, previously known conditions. And now playing a game, playing playing computer, not, not even just not not even being an athlete. If you were to play FIFA 2022 on your PlayStation, you can have a heart attack. Let alone actually going out onto a soccer field and running from post to post. You know that can kill you too now. But now it doesn't. You can't even sit down and, and and play with your thumbs. So there's no even need to read this article because you know exactly what it's astroturfing. And just another real quick thing to show you about the complete uselessness of government and how the bigger government gets, the less functional it is, and the more antithetical to human liberty it is. There was a report on the New York Times that has now been put behind a a paywall that I can no longer read. The headline was, 
how California bullet train, you remember the bullet train project we were hearing about for all those years, how the bullet train went off the rails. And this entire New York Times article, which, like I said, can't see anymore. This entire New York Times article, um, it, it talked about the slow death of California's high-speed rail project. And it's a, it's, a, it's a complete crucifixion, as some people have called it. And it really is, because I, I read a lot more of it than this one excerpt that I saved. But here's a summary that was given to us by a French contractor. Um, let's see here. SNCF's involvement. Listen to this. The company's recommendations for direct route out of Los Angeles. For a direct route out of Los Angeles and a focus on moving people between Los Angeles and San Francisco were cast aside, said Dan McNamara, a career project manager for SNCF. The company pulled out in 2011. There were, here's a quote from Mr. McNamara. There were so many things that went wrong. SNCF was very angry. They told the state they were leaving for North Africa, which was less politically dysfunctional that's in 2012. So uh, when was uh, when was Gaddafi uh, killed by Hillary Clinton? Uh, they told the state that they were leaving for North Africa, which was less politically dysfunctional than California. They went to Morocco and helped them build a rail system. Morocco's bullet train started service in 2018. 2018. California was beaten by Morocco, and not slightly, by orders of magnitude on every metric imaginable. There, there's, there's, your, there's your California government. That does not, the, 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 and the damage of what California does to itself is not relegated to California. It does bleed out to the rest of the union. It really does. Um, but just think about that. Think about that. Morocco's bullet train beat California, and and this is just what we're, we're talking about. I got I got a lot of the this on centrally unplanned uh, blog on Tumblr. It's where I initially found it. They got the great screenshot there, and um, some of their comments I just read onto the airs too. Just well said, well put. Now, if California state government were reduced by at least eighty percent, they probably would have been able to build that bullet train years ago. There would have been more private contracting brought in. There would have been more people there with more money willing to get involved. And when people spend something, when people in private life spend something, they spend money, they want a return. So they want things done, okay? When government is given any kind of grant money or anything, any kind of permissions they give themselves to build a train or maintain their dams out there in California or waterways, what they do instead is they stall, they skim off the top, they give to all their contractor friends that waste time and money, they distribute crack pipes, um, they convert resort hotels into refugee camps, and they spend their time turning themselves into a so-called transgender sanctuary state. You know? Or, of course, or, of course, it all gets funneled into uh, war. War. That's another great thing. The sport is war. The sport is war, as Slayer said. 
All right, we'll be right back. I hope you guys are ready for a nice little night. We have a little something to start off with on the other side of the intro that has to do with Columbus again. So let's just follow up last night's opening with another one tonight. We'll be right back. Hijo de puta, está en subidita. Eh, güey, no se vale empujar el agua. No, hombre, sí, te va a empujar, güey. No, güey. Sí, güey. No, güey. Sí, te vas a caer, Edgar. No, güey, no. No pasa nada. No, güey, ya. Está sucio, está sucio. No, güey. Ya, güey. Pinche pendejo, güey, ya. Pinche vato, güey, ya nada, güey. Pinche vato, ya, güey. ¡Guardia! ¡Joder, emperador! ¡Arriba, güey! ¡No! ¡Arriba, no! ¡Sí, güey! ¡Arriba, no! ¡Ande la cámara también! Para ese emperador que llevas dentro. Pendejo. Emperador, rellenas de poder. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! So now, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. It's a Tuesday night. It's a Tuesday night in New York. A really nice, nice day. Nice night as well. And I wanted to start off with a little something. This is an article, an article from humanevents.com. Humanevents.com. It's A.J. Rice writes, Christopher Columbus says... You're welcome. We've arrived at Columbus Day again, and we'll see and hear the left endlessly bash the explorer who braved the seas and became the first European Christian to set foot in the new, new world. Sure, the Vikings had reached Canada centuries earlier, but they lacked the follow-through of the Spanish and their lead Italian explorer, Christopher Columbus. Thank God for the Catholic patriarchy that brought civilization to one of the most savage dumps on planet Earth. We'll hear the left moan endlessly about Columbus's sins, real and imagined, but there will be zero discussion of what he found when he got here. The pre-Columbian Americans uh, had been sanit uh, have been sanitized and rewritten into some sort of idyllic paradise in which oppression and disease did not exist. Humans lived in perfect harmony with nature and each other, peacefully gazing at the stars, devising advanced Mayan calendars, building great astronomical observations in the desert of uh, Chaco Ca Ca Canyon, 
uh, constructing ornate Aztec pyramids in what is now Mexico and Guatemala and engineering those fabulous Inca cities in the clouds in the Andes. All was well, beautiful, and peaceful until Columbus came along. Just a couple of continents full of artistic villages and scientific communities, or so we were told. Misogyny, racism, and all hate. Hate all arrived with the Europeans and all at once. But yeah, about that. The Spanish arrived in America after centuries of bloody, brutal warfare with the Muslim Moors, who had taken over much of the Iberian Peninsula by force of arms. They had just finished pushing the oppressive Moors out in 1492, not coincidentally, the same year Columbus sailed the ocean blue. The Spanish arrived with both religious and practical reasons to make Christians of the uh, to make Christians of those they came across. A few centuries of direct contact with Islam suggested coexistence could be done on a future Ann Arbor left-wingers bumper sti uh, sticker, but was much more problematic problematic in the real world. Uh, when he arrived in the New World, Columbus documents some of the horrors he found. Rape of women was commonplace, as were murder, slavery, and even cannibalism. He's probably talking about the Caribs. Um, in, you know, the uh, we talk about the the uh, Tiano uh, tribes. We're talking about them. They were a little bit more peaceful, and they often made uh, they often made the dinner plate for people like Caribs because they were cannibals. A lot of that was going on there. In fact, a lot of those first-generation explorers that came to the Caribbean from Europe, they were captured, eaten themselves. And once it got around in these cannibal hordes that somebody who ate one ate, once ate a Franciscan monk got sick off of their flesh, it got around there and... Um, and they started avoiding all the priests because they said that the Christians, the, the priests themselves, they were not good to eat. So uh, it became common practice for new generations and new waves of explorers to come dressed as Franciscans just so that they would not be considered for dinner. Anywho, when he arrived, yes, early encounters were dramatic as both peoples came to grips with new realities. Decades later, when the Spanish arrived in the Aztec Empire, they found both an incredible and advanced civilization and an imperial power loathed by those it had spent centuries oppression, uh, oppressing. A few hundred Spaniards were able to defeat that mighty empire, not purely by having more advanced weapons and not just by the spread of disease, but also by the fact that the Aztecs' many victims saw the arrival of the Spanish as their chance to overthrow their hated rulers. Those pyramids had flowed with blood of the vanquished long before Columbus arrived. You guys should go watch Mel Gi Mel's, uh, I'm sorry, I called him Mel Gibson, Mel. You, if you haven't seen Mel's Apocalypto, you've got to go see it. If you haven't seen it in a while, you should see it again. It's incredible. Um, let's see, let's get back to what we were doing here. Uh, if you... If you've heard anything about the pre-1492 Inca, it is probably that they built amazing Machu Picchu up on the Andean mountain mountaintop, and that we uh, and that we still know little about how they built it. But you may have also heard of the legendary Inca gold the Spanish sought after. The Great Inca Rebellion has uh, has gotten a lot of ink over the years as a story of noble natives rising up to fight their horrible Spanish overlords. But new scholarship on this series of events suggests a far more complex truth. 
Like the Aztecs to their north, the Inca had spent centuries building their empire on the backs and blood of their neighbors. The arrival of the Spanish under Pizarro was a godsend to those oppressed people, and they allied with the alien conquistadors to overthrow the Inca. In fact, it was an Incan princess married to Pizarro who called, an Indian called in Indian reinforcements during the siege of Lima to break the Inca forces and save the Spanish. The Inca might have crushed the Spanish in 1536 if they'd been nicer to their neighbors. Uh, let's see here. If all, all of this is chronicled in 2020 National Geographic documentary called Skeletons of the Inca Rebellion, which airs infrequently, perhaps because it bucks the whole dominant anti-European narrative. As for the astronomically inclined Chaco Canyon people, they never came into contact with Europeans at all. They rose, built their amazing desert cities and observatories, and dispersed before Columbus arrived. But the latest research suggests that they did have contact and trade with the Mayans to their southeast, and learned from them about devising caste systems by which the rulers could consolidate their power and oppress their own people. This brutal system may have been the reason for their mysterious demise. People get fed up with being oppressed, as the woke zombies are already finding out right now. We'll never know what America, what the Americas would have become had Columbus never arrived. We do know, based on science, that oppression and brutality were part of the human condition in the New World long before any Vikings or other Europeans stepped anywhere in the hemisphere. After all, human beings tend to be generally atrocious. But for all their faults, the Europeans did expand scientific knowledge, the Christian faith, and the freedom that we enjoy today, in part by learning from English history, particularly the English Civil War, and from the Iroquois system of governance. America's founders were keen students of history and human nature, so thanks to the patriarchy and those wicked Europeans and their thirst for knowledge, you're free to bash or praise Christopher Columbus as you see fit. Thank the patriarchy. You're welcome. I thought that was great. I thought that was just tremendous. Um, and here's a little bit more history for you. Speaking of patriarchy, a guy that just wrote about patriarchy not too long ago. The case for patriarchy, we had him on here to talk about it around the time that it was released last year. That is Timothy Gordon. Um, I had, this is a little personal history. Lauren Aurora and I had the pleasure of meeting Timothy Gordon today and his lovely wife, Steph, and their seven children in the flesh here in New York. I didn't think, I, this is not something I thought I was, that was going to happen uh, this year. Was figuring out how we can make it happen next year at some point, but you remember, he's from Mississippi now. But he was traveling up up the uh, the U.S., the, the East Coast, to go to Virginia because he was a part of a documentary that was being made about the Latin Mass and all that stuff. So they brought him up to be a part of this film that's being produced. And when he was in Virginia, he realized... He was realized that... Uh, he realized that he was only five hours away from Sleepy Hollow. And he always wanted to be to go to... He always wanted to go to Sleepy Hollow, New York. And now it's October. It's kind of in vogue. It's the season for all that stuff. And... And whatever, so he wanted to go to Sleepy Hollow, and he uh, he texted me the day before he came up, and he said, "Hey man, uh, just wanted to know, you know, uh, I'm going to Sleepy Hollow. He's asking about local things, and if there's any, you know, how how far I am. I said, how far? I said, I, or I said, dude, you should come and, and see me, um, either before or after you go to Sleepy Hollow, and." 
can tell he's a little bit hesitant because you don't want to go too far outside of your zone when you're that far away from home. You don't want to add extra hours. And I said, dude, I'm 15 miles away from Sleepy, uh, Sleepy Hollow. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's right next door. You got you to gotta come by. He's like, are you serious? I said, yeah. So all of a sudden, Timothy Gordon is only going to be a, a short distance away from me. So I gave him the, the, the advice. You have to go to the 76 house in Tappan, New York. If you want to have a historic dinner with the family, which he did, they loved it. The owner gave him a tour of the entire place. Like we said before, when Matt was on, uh, this is where John Andre was held before he was he was hung by Washington and the Americans. Um, this was the place where Washington was first received the news of Benedict Arnold being a traitor. They still have the original water cult, uh, watercolor painting of Benedict Arnold hung upside down over the, uh, the, the the fireplace over there. It's a wonderful place. And he was just, he had a great time over there. And then they went and they found a trailer park because they've, they've got a, they've got an RV and they're RVing around. It's really awesome. Never been inside an RV before. It's incredible. I want one. And, and then today they came, they came uh, to hang out and we met up. There's me and Tim today. Hanging out, we we went and uh, I brought him a, a New York pizza. My buddy KJ at Frankie and Louie's made him a uh, made me a pizza, delivered it over to me, and then I brought it to him because I thought that the family would be hungry. And now they have authentic New York pizza that they've been able to consume too. A nice, well done cheese pizza, and it was a great day. At least you know a little little time of the day. I couldn't pass it up, even if I did feel a little under the weather, because number one, it was outside. And B, they're from Mississippi, and this is just unheard of. But he was saying to me, which I was thinking about uh, after he left, he couldn't believe how beautiful it was around here. And, and Steph was saying the same thing. New Jersey, New York, he couldn't believe how beautiful it was. And that he said he was jealous that we got to grow up with so much culture. Because in his part of the, the his, his original part of the country in California, he said it's just like a cultural wasteland. And I know what it's like over here now in New York, um, but it is true. We are drowning in culture in in this part of the country. This is revolutionary America. I know that 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 is um, the same for at least thirteen states. Uh, some of those states have split off and become other states, like you know New York and Vermont and all that stuff. Uh, you were talking about colonial America. There's a lot, but around New York, around here, I mean everything. Every other block, there's a place, there's a house where Washington slept or, or uh, you know, Alexander Hamilton took up an office space somewhere. Or it, it, It's incredible. That's aside from the natural beauty and all that. It's just politically insane. And, of course, that negatively correlates with how expensive it is to live and how increasingly, um, you know, how it encroaches more and more upon your individual personal liberty. So that's sad, but it was nice to hear that. It really was, and it was a it was a great time with Timothy Gordon. Got to chill with his 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 army of children, seven wonderful children, and I hope they all enjoyed. But anyway, this gives me an even better transition into tonight's main topic, which is catfishing and identity theft of all kinds. Because whereas I had spent enough time on video calls with Timothy Gordon to know that he is who exactly he says he is. 
in another universe, on a parallel universe somewhere, on another timeline, I could have shown up to the park this afternoon and realized that who I thought Tim was was actually a 500-pound man and a bottle of chloroform. You know, that's just the way things happen. Or, you know, Stanley Tucci from The Lovely Bones or something like that. God forbid. So I want to talk about catfishing. And this is how I started it all off with our thread here, which got a, a number of really great entries. And I'm going to start taking your calls as well. I said, have you, or I asked, asked, have you ever been scammed, tricked, or manipulated by a person who has presented themselves as something that they're not, especially posing as someone else on the internet? Did you fall in love? Did you get close to someone who has merely adopted an identity to lure you in? Were they working you over for money or blackmail or just a psycho-emotional game to be played? These can be some of the most confusing and scary experiences, and living in an increasingly digital society, it's happening more and more. So has this happened to you? I guess in many ways, catfishing even extends to the way that some of your aunts and great-aunts grandparents are called and and told that hey uh you know somebody that you know is in jail and you have to send over a check right now or give us a credit card this happens a lot you know it's scamming it's con artisty stuff but the whole the whole idea of taking on a personality and presenting a really uh, traumatizing front because even if you have been lulled into a um a, a romantic uh a romantic uh situation with a person you think is real the trauma is always is always ahead of you and the farther it goes the longer it goes the worse the trauma is so we're going to talk about that tonight and i guess i'll start off with a little bit from me back in 2000 i don't know maybe 2007 or 8 2007 2008 somewhere around there we were doing our show back then, Zidal's in New York. We would go live Tuesday and Thursday nights. We did a lot of promotion on MySpace and elsewhere. That's how we found, we, we, we initially linked up with King and everyone. Well, one of the people that came into our, into our realm, into our sphere of influence, into our audience, was a girl, a girl named Chrissy. Now, Chrissy, she uh, was a nurse. She was from uh, in Illinois or Indiana or something like that. And she came down and she told us one day she was diagnosed with cancer. She had leukemia. Now, I have, I still have so much saved from this scam. So much saved from this scam. And let me, let me see if I can actually pull up. I want to give you the picture that she used because it's not her. And I don't know who this person actually is. And it's so old. Let's see here. Here we go. I have all the things that we found, all the reality. Look, look, this this was Chrissy. Now, she was in the, the chat room for years, and she is just getting to know people. She's telling us stories from the telling us stories from the emergency room, the ER, all of all these these wacky times in the hospital. She's a nurse and and uh, you know, she's keeping us abreast of of how things are going with her own personal health and her treatments and this and that. And then all of a sudden all of a sudden we are told that she's in a coma. She's in a coma and this is maybe a year or so in 
And the night that we were leaving for the last night in the studio before we went over to the, 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 the last night in the bedrooms before we went over to the studio in 2009, suddenly she wakes up from her coma. And her mother, Lynn, got in touch with us uh, through email and said that Chrissy had awoken. Now, if I were in any way, I was still so much more trusting of people than I should have been back then. But even back then, for somebody to have woken up from a coma after a few weeks or whatever the hell it was, and the first thing that they do is call into the show to say hello and I love you guys and congratulations on the new studio, that should have been a little bit suspect. But again, you would never think that someone would fake having cancer. Although, uh, there was somebody else in my life that I already re- that I realized had fake cancer when we were in college as well. And she tried using a cancer diagnosis to get me in to go hook up with her. And um, I, I just like, I- I'm horrified. You know, when somebody says, I have cancer, you know what, just no, let's, let's forget about that. Let's just go back and just, just be with me tonight. I'm like, um, are, are, no, I'm thinking about your health right now. I'm not horny. This did, this did not make me horny. Anyway, she's um, she's alive and well. Nothing, absolutely nothing happened to her. So I started realizing as time went on, oh, this is something that people do. That's really fucked up. This is really fucked up. Anyway, we move into the new studio, and and we start um, and things get worse and worse for Chrissy. Worse and worse. Then one night in 2010, we get an email, and all the emails. Now, when I look back in retrospect, it's all blind cc'd so i can't see that i'm i'm not a part of like a family i don't know i'm not a part of a, of a family mailing list or something it's just me being hidden from the fact that i'm the only one getting these things and that her mother which is just her is sending me it saying she is dying and um the end is the end is coming please say a prayer i don't think that she's gonna last much longer she had been through surgeries that she told us, being through all this type of stuff. Me, my brother Anthony, Mike, and numerous members of the audience, we put together care packages for her. Never sent her a dime, but we made custom t-shirts. We put it all in one box, custom t-shirts. We got her uh, uh, books, like motivational, inspirational books that my friend had published at that time. Uh, we got her a uh, you know remote healing sessions from a Reiki master I knew and and all this stuff. We just did nice things to 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 make her feel better. Never a dime though. We never like did a fundraiser. We just sent her things and we made her things. And um, and then here comes this. She's gone. Thank you. And then just rest in peace. Got this email in lieu of sending any kind of any kind of. Um, donations or any kind of flowers just send a a donation to a charity of your choice Chrissy would have liked that so we're all we're all torn apart here I'm I'm reading this email on air to people um, and you know I'm getting I'm a little choked up it's it's just tough you know to, to conceive of somebody so young fighting for their life and losing the losing the fight so we got through uh, we did, we did a, like a memorial show and all that stuff. And we took calls and everybody's just, you know, being, everybody's just hanging out and, and just trying to have a good perspective on things. And then it gets weird, really weird 
because this is where I feel like Chrissy uh, just wanted to be caught, had to be caught, did not want to leave it alone. Because I got an email a few days after her death. Of course, it's all coming from the same email address. Now it's just it's just Lynn, her mom, uh, working the account on her behalf, asking everybody, please don't don't upload any pictures of Chrissy to the internet to do memorials or anything like that because um, because people are taking. I'm getting trolls, people that didn't like Chrissy. They're being very vicious. And they're taking her pictures, which there was only really one. So obviously you say, oh, please, you know, don't do any big time memorials or anything like that because I don't want the actual person in the picture to come forward and say, hey, that's me. I can understand that. But you can always just, you can always just let sleeping dogs lie. It would all be behind us in 24 to 48 hours and then she'd be a memory and nothing more. But it's not just, it's the way that she, she picked. She chose to tell us to stop doing this. She emails that stop uploading her pictures if you can because people are taking her pictures, cropping out her head, and superimposing her head onto the images of dead bodies and sending them to me to taunt me. So this, when I, 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 I got this like it sent to me, I popped up in bed and uh, you know I got, I got in touch with Anthony and Mike. I said, guys, listen to this because I'm disturbed. That's another thing to, to, to conceive of that there are people out there who are willing to take the image and likeness of a recently deceased girl and put their face onto the, the images of corpses and then send them back to the girl's mother. Uh, I mean, that was also too much for me to, to my, my stomach was turning. And then I told, I told Anthony and Anthony said, what? Like he just, he didn't. He was not horrified as much as he was, as as much as he was just confused and not. And now he wasn't believing any of it. And this is when we started going downhill with something is up here. So I got in touch with with Lynn. I said you have to get on the phone with me. She refused to get on the phone with me. Uh, we said okay. I think we started realizing. I think that Chrissy's fake. I think that all this has been bullshit. But, but again, what's the motivation? A couple of shirts, obviously the attention, all that stuff, but it's it's not yours. So we got in touch with a couple of our friends. They were uh, anonymous, you know, first-generation anonymous. And we said, listen, uh, we need some help. Here's all the information we have, and here's what we have to work off of. And, um, and yeah, I got Lynn on the phone. And I remember saying, listen, you have to call me right now uh, because there's something wrong here. So she got in touch. She called me up. I said, look at that. Calling from Chrissy's Chrissy's number. Because we had Chrissy's number uh, stored as well. I said, look, the dead the dead is calling me. I, that was creepy in itself to see it pop up. So I got on the phone. I hear that it's it's a, 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 woman's, a woman's voice, obviously. And she is talking very slow and trying to be very um, sounding emotional and choked up so that she can't just let her voice go. And I, 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 I can hear it. I said, oh my God, it's Chrissy. This is sick. This is a real, this is a really sick situation that we're in right now, but we have to take this to the end. So we go and um, I said, I said, Lynn, I gotta tell you something. You, you sound a lot like Chrissy. And she just got silent. Then I asked her, where was she? Where, what hospital did she die at? And she gave me a name of some hospital. I forget. 
and the first one didn't pop back. There was no hit at all. Then she said, no, 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 no. That's where she was for outpatient or whatever. She said she was here. She gave me a number of a hospital that was real. It was a real hospital. And I, uh, at that point, we called her up. They had no record of any patient alive or deceased that was there. Her last name was Mason, Chrissy Mason. And there was no Mason there at all. So at this point, we know it was all it was all horse shit. And how do we? These were nights that leaving the studio, we were looking over our shoulder, because you don't know how many people were involved in this. Um, obviously, the the stories that they were willing to tell, the pictures they were willing to paint, were were fucking sick. And all of our friends were able to get us the information we needed, and we found her. We finally found her. She was. Um, I don't know. She was she was a a corpulent woman. She was married to an IT professor at some Indiana university out there, and um, I even found we found her address. We found everything that we could, and I even found the organizer of her local neighborhood watch. And I called. I, I looked up her her neighborhood. I looked up the neighborhood watch, and I called up the neighborhood watch organizer to let her know that they have a seriously mad woman living in their their um in their neighborhood you 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 should know about this person and um whatever so we went out there um i think we put out just enough of her information on the next episode to call the whole thing out we weren't doing we weren't doing addresses or anything like that but we we got enough out there to call her attention to it and that's when i got an angry call we were all sitting around a broadcast table that we had set up in White Plains, New York. It was at, uh, what was it, the Lazy Lounge or something like that? They were doing a trivia night, and we had gotten in touch with them out there. And we said, listen, we would love to do a show from the bar uh, doing a trivia night with, playing along with a trivia night with people at home and all that stuff and just doing our show. They said, fine, great. So we're up there. We're having a good time. We have our laptops, and we have an Ethernet connection, and I get a call. And uh, she's pissed off. Chrissy's pissed off. How dare you? You know, my family My family are getting calls from people who are upset now. I said, you, uh, you, I said I don't fucking look to me for sympathy. Don't look, I'm, on the, I'm on the sidewalk somewhere in White Plains, New York. I'm on Marinick Avenue. And, uh, and, and, we're, and we're yelling at each other. I said, I, yeah, we're yelling at each other. A lot of things were said. I said, if you want me to delete that episode with whatever information we put out there to expose you for what you are, if you want me to delete that episode, then you have to call into the next broadcast and you have to explain yourself and you have to apologize to people. And she said, fine, to put it all behind, to put it all behind. Boy, oh boy, was that a night. I have to go see if I have that episode still in our archives. And um, man, it was, it, it was scary and then angering, but three years. For three years, she posed as someone who was um, who was battling cancer. Three years, and exacted nothing. And she told everybody on the show. Um, she said it started off as a joke. She started off the troll, but then she just started liking us. She started liking the people in the chat room. She started liking uh, the hosts, me, Anthony, and Mike. And uh, but she was attached to this character, and then. Uh, just that was it. It was all for the lulls at first, and then it just had to keep up. Now, that makes no sense because, of course, you can always just 
ditch the personality. If you have to kill off your character, then you do it. You step away. There's no reason for us to look into who you are and any of that shit. And, um, and then you just start a new screen name. But they couldn't stop. She couldn't stop. I felt, I felt more uh, upset for her husband because he seemed like just like a, I don't know, just a, a frumpy little Asian guy who God knows. God knows. And why do people do this? Anyway, we're going to take some of your calls and things about that. I found this article from 2018 about catfishing. Since it's not about the money, we asked the catfish why they trick people online. And we're going to go down a complicated problem. Look, since 2016, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission um, has collected and published data on dating and romance scams. Its website provides detailed statistics on reported romance fraud in Australia, yet there is little information available about social catfishing. That is deception in absence of financial fraud. Now, there was nothing romantic about what was going on between uh, Chrissy and the show and the audience and 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 this what she was pulling, but um, but there once again there you go deception with the absence of financial fraud. There are also questions about the legality of impersonating someone who does not exist, and that was one of the first things I did was to do a reverse image search of this woman right here. I should probably do it now all these years later to see what pops up. But at that time, reverse image searches, I guess, were not... I mean, nothing was really coming up. I wanted to let this person know their image and likeness had been used to, to take advantage of others. And um, and I, I know that that's, that's happened to people in this audience because we've gotten a couple of people who have, who have submitted those types of stories to the show. Anyway... It continues, until these issues are resolved, there is no clear avenue to pursue for victims of social catfish. Victims may remain unaware of the deception for months or years. Another reason catfishing often goes unreported, making even, even making it even harder to quantify. So here's some personality traits of catfish scammers. Loneliness was mentioned by 41% of the respondents as the reason for their catfishing. One respondent said, I just wanted to be more popular and make friends that could talk to me part of some, uh, part of some, uh, some part of the day. Now, I can understand that. Then I, I can understand, you know, it, it's a lot easier to escape into the digital wilderness of the internet and, and have this happen. I mean, role-playing games are huge. I used to love... I used to love in like 90, 1999, 2000, 2001, around there. I used to love hanging out in the AOL arts and entertainment chat rooms doing all those RPGs. There was this entire chat room realm called Raiden. Did anybody ever hang out in Raiden back in the day? There was Starship Trooper RPGs. There was Star Wars RPGs. You created an entire AOL account, a, a separate screen name that was just for your character. The bio all fit the character, and 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 you you just you, it was actually a wonderful exercise. 
because it wasn't a, an actual game. You're in a chat room and you have to write out, you have to be descriptive in the way that you are moving about a room, uh, the, the way that you're, you're uh, engaging someone in combat, especially with a saber or something like that. You have to be able to describe these big arcing blows or these parries and these, it, it, it's a great way to turn you into a nice writer. But of course, that is something that everybody knows what you're getting involved in. This is real life. Uh, this is someone who's trying to make a, a real life impact uh, out of character, but still in character. Very, uh, uh, very, very sticky. Here's another one. Dissatisfaction with their physical appearance was also a common theme, represented around one-third of responses. I had lots of self-esteem problems. I actually consider myself ugly and unattractive. The only way I have had relationships has been online with a false identity. Which, I mean, all of a sudden, when I'm reading through all this, I'm like, Chrissy checked all these boxes. Another respondent said, if I try to send my real unedited pictures to anyone that seems nice, they stop responding to me. It's a form of escapism or a way of testing what life would be like if you were the same person, but more physically attractive. That's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to read. Um, some, re some reported using false identities or personas to explore their sexuality or gender identity. Well, there you go. You want to pretend to be a man as I would prefer to be in male role of a heterosexual relationship than a female in a homosexual relationship. More than two-thirds of responses re uh, mentioned a desire to escape. It could seem magical being able to escape your insecurities, but in the end, it only worsens them. Many reported feelings of guilt and self-loathing around their deceptive behavior. Here's a quote. It's hard to stop the addiction. Reality hit and I felt like a shitty human. Somewhat surprisingly, around a quarter of respondents said that they began catfishing out of practicality or because of some outside circumstance. One said, being too young for a website or game meant I had to lie about my age to people, resulting in building a complete persona. Now, uh, that's why I always say, your best friend in the chat room, you never know who they are. Uh, there's ways over time to verify who a person is, and a lot of times you just got to roll the dice. Because even if a person is who they say they are, looks the way they have shown themselves to look, or anything like that, what is living inside their hearts and what may, um, may manifest later on is something completely different. You just got to be careful. Uh, it's, it's hard enough building relationships with people in real life. And, um, and, but if you're in this, this environment long enough, you start learning tricks to play it easy and, uh, and take it slow. And, and you actually, I, I have some really, really, what I would be, what I would have to consider to be, and hopefully lifelong friendships that have now been forged on nothing but the internet over hundreds, if not thousands of miles. And um, even if I never meet them, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And you learn the ropes, just like a, a babe in the woods learns to walk alone at night sometimes. Who knows? But we are going to get to your calls and your submissions after this break. Into 7.59, we're going to your super chats, your calls, open lines. I even have a couple of spooky stories that were sent to me. Maybe we can get to a lot of that tonight. It's Tuesday, and I can't wait to get back from break. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Quite Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. But Frank! Quite frankly. How dare you? Let's see what we got from people in the in the super chats. All right, first one up here is from Revolution. All right, so Revolution says, "Who uh, anyone who ever used AOL chat rooms or AIM has engaged in social catfishing at some point." Or in another uh, in another uh, absence of fi- oh, wait, wait. or or some point or another in the absence of financial gain, age, sex, location, ASL, trade picks, wanna cyber, <laughs> remember that one? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess so. I guess. Well, you know, switching and saying saying that you're 18 when you're 16, um, hoping that some. Somebody who uh, claims to be a 23-year-old female sends a picture of her tits to you. Uh, I mean, it, was that really a 23-year-old that sent you the picture of the tits? Or was it a 55-year-old guy with tits bigger than the 23-year-old that sent you a picture of... I don't know. Anyway, you're right, Rev. It, it comes in many forms, but we're talking about severe cases here. Uh, Summer 711 says, regarding... Regarding the bunkers, I... Oh, this was four hours ago. Let's see. I highly recommend this book to your listeners. Raven Rock, the story of the U.S. government's secret plan to save itself while the rest of us die by Garrett M. Graff. Available on Audible. Oh, boy. Yeah, I guess I'll have to go check that one out. 
Yeah, that's the story of the U.S. Yeah, th 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 that's what we need. We to save the U.S. government at all costs. Page Coffee Rev review Rev Page says realize my Patreon wasn't going through. Getting back for first time. Thank you for the work. Wow, Page, it's great to see you out there, and thank you for your such a wonderful donation. Thank you so much, and I'm I'm looking into, ladies and gentlemen, all of the all the different options that we can add to super chatting that are not based on on pay, on PayPal. I'm keeping the PayPal along uh, around because I, I just need all the options I, I I need available to me, which is why I'm still on YouTube. While it's out there, I'm going to use it because I got to keep this ship afloat, and I can't do any self-inflicted damage um, while we transition from one place to another. I got to, so I encourage you, please, to um, to stay up with uh, the super chatting and being a part of the show and supporting. Uh, and I promise that I will open up new avenues for support. So here we go. Let's see. Um, again, where are we at? Here we go. Here we go. Uh, on the Rockfin. This is from last night. A couple from last night. I have to get out of the way. Actually, I'll do this later on because it's outside of the outside of the. Uh, but I want to shout out Wild Child. And Fishhead Montana, thank you for your tips last night on on Rockfin. I have got to stay on topic for right now. I also want to wish Chinaman Steve a happy 40th birthday. He's a sponsor of Unsubscribe Star. So, thank you. Hey, let's take a call here. King 40. King, you hear me? Yeah, you hear me? Yes, okay, so I'm taking your call and nobody else right now because I'm going to go and read some of the some of the people who have submitted their stories about catfishing uh, first before I start taking calls, but I'm taking yours because I have to assume you have some memories of the Chrissy situation. Oh, yeah, Beavis. What? Remember Beavis? Oh, yeah, yeah. What, what, what that was a catfish? Nah, no, no, because you, were just, you just jogged my memory. When I first got on board with you and Zadowzer and I was broadcasting for you on Ustream, there was a guy from New Jersey. And you, of course, you remember, back then I had a landline. And back then I didn't give a fuck. And I gave out my number and I took all callers. I didn't care. I said, if you, if you got a beef with me, I gave out my address. Like you, you know what I mean? I wouldn't do that today. There's a lot of things we wouldn't do today. But I took on all comers. So I had a landline, and I would give it out as the king line, and I'd take callers. And this guy from New Jersey, we know his real name. I won't put it out there. And um, he started, uh, uh, I don't know if you'd say trolling or catfishing me, but what happened was this asshole and I think I told you, he would have underage girls call my house. Oh, he, Remember that? Yeah, yes, I do. He was. How, how did he find these girls to call your house? That's weird that he even had them available to him. Well, I got in touch with a, I would call these girls, and I'm like, who are you? What is going on? And they, I'm, fuck this. I'm, oh, well, Dave told us to call you. Dave? Dave said you, that, that, that you're his friend and we should call you. I'm like, I'm like, get the fuck away from that fucking guy right there. Get the fuck away from him. 
and he he started by trolling me and catfishing me, and then he moved on to you, if you remember. Oh, there was a lot. There was a lot of really, really bad. Um, that guy was a psycho. He claimed to be some hedge fund trader. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But when you started talking about the Chrissy thing, it jogged my memory back of the early days when we was friends and broadcasting together, and you had the Chrissy thing, and I had Beavis slash Dave. But I fought back. So, guys, this is what I did to this fucking asshole. So this guy had some band, and he used to play local dives around New Jersey. So I would call and pretend to be the manager of his band and get his gigs canceled. <laughs> I remember this. I would call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would call, and I would. I I needed a name. Uh, 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 and I picked Greg Hughes, the great Opie from Opie and Anthony. And I would call and I'd be like, uh, yeah, this is Greg Hughes, manager of uh, Two Guys Band out of New Jersey. And uh, listen, if you're, and I would make these outrageous demands to the venues he was playing. Um, you know, we're not going to play unless you give them this, this, this. And they would like, fuck that, and they'd cancel the gig. So now this guy. For me, he's like, yo, man, you're fucking with my gig. And I'm like, you fucked with me first, asshole. You fucked with me first. Well, you know, Don't you poke know, the fucking bear. Don't poke the bear. Well, that's, see, that, it, it, that's an advantage to you to have actually known who was messing with you. With the catfishing stuff, you really don't even, you really don't know who was on the other. So he was more so trolling you. Maybe there was aspects of his life that you didn't know, you could never confirm whether he was a banker or not, whatever. But you, you at least knew where to direct the, uh, the, the response. With, uh, with Chrissy and other people around her, I don't remember, there was other chat room um, people who were very shadowy. You remember that a guy insurgent? They, I, oh my God, I remember that. The well, cat guy. Uh, well, uh, either way, right? either way, these are people that uh, we never knew too much guy. about. Yeah. They're, they're always around, and things started getting really bad. I mean, th- there, was, there, there was a lot of, there was a lot of uh, discord among the very small audience members out there. All of a sudden, everybody's getting, uh, they're starting to become unfriendly with each other. You can tell people were getting pitted against each other. You and I, a lot of our problems started off because of what? trolls and catfishing. And, and here's the thing, too. Here's the fucking thing people and listen to this and me and Frankie built a very strong bond and friendship because we was Ginzo's but one guy and I won't mention his name but you know who I'm going to talk about here pitted us against each other and really ruined our friendship but you know I have to take responsibility for that for being stupid and feeding into his bullshit it's it's like a band uh, you, or, you know what I mean? Where they tell each members of the band, oh, you're better than him, you're that. You should be running the network. You should have your own show. You're better than this guy. And that is what destroyed our friendship. You know who I'm talking about, and he's from Massachusetts. Yeah, well, hey, either, either way, uh, I'm glad that you called in with a little with a little bit of, uh, to back up a little bit of what we were what we were doing here, because that was a... 
That was a crazy, that crazy time. That was a time. crazy time, Frankie, wasn't it? It really was. And thanks for the call, King. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. All right, later. There, yeah, it was a crazy time. Crazy time. And not that many people knew it was happening. You know, it was a crazy time for us because that was our our experience. But the, the audience wasn't that large. We were we were we were getting our our practice in. We were putting our ten thousand hours in, honing our craft. But um, but yeah, uh, here is a super chat. What is this? Uh, hey Frank, what kind? Of, oh, this is from Chelsea. Frank, what kind of music is Aurora listening to these days? Uh, she's listening to everything. In fact, that that song, that song that I was playing before, Sleep Token. Where where else? Where's Sleep Token? Atlantic. I was playing when we came back on the other. So just real quick, because I want to get to these stories. Where is Atlantic? That's one, two. Hold on. Okay. For example, this song. She knows this song now. Aurora knows this song. Where is it? All right. So, for example, when this song, it's it's got a nice, really cool, dreamy, soupy vibe to it. It's got a really soupy vibe to it, right? And then all of a sudden, and, and then all of a sudden this happens. Okay. So now when that ha- when the vibe starts changing and you can tell that this is going somewhere, Aurora now goes big drums, big drums, big drums. I said that's right. I said right, and then I start and I show her. She starts feeling like something's changing in the music, and I you know I'll use my hands and say it's starting to rise. You know you can feel something changing, and then the drums kick in and now she plays with the, her hands. It's just gorgeous. So, you know, she heard that a couple of times, and I can just hear. I love watching her absorb a song, and then she knows when things are coming. So when she hear when she hears the the the, the tone in the, the whole uh, the song change, when she says, "Oh, big, big drums, big drums!" Yes, yes, big drums are coming. Here they come. And then I, I look back in the in the rearview mirror, and there she is going. It's like that's right, girl. Yeah. And then, you know, some Dean Martin comes on and something else. And so she gets it all. Okay. So where are we going? Okay. So your stories, your stories. It's 815. Uh, it's the bottom of the second inning. It's no score between the Yankees and the, in- and the Indians. <laughs> uh, first one up. This is from Krista Celine. Rob's Krista. And Krista says... Back in high school, one of my best friends began talking to a guy online. This was still the infancy of the internet, years before social media was even created. Think AOL chat rooms. We are uh, from Pittsburgh, but this guy she chatted with was a teenager in Southern California. My friend was very innocent and naive and would spend hours pouring her heart out to this guy over instant messaging. She was taken by, uh, she was taken by their shared hobbies of acting, modeling, and watching soap operas. 
My friend expressed an, uh, an interest in going away to college near him at Pepperdine College, uh, Pepperdine University, and had romanticized their connection to the point that she could already imagine them dating. Things started to intensify, and the guy ended up sending her roses to her house for her birthday. Thankfully, my mom's my friend's mom was vigilant and had one of her neighbors, who was a police detective, investigate the supposed young man who had taken, taken such a special interest in her daughter. They were able to find out his real identity from the flowers that were sent to the house. It turns out that he wasn't a teenager at all, but a much older man in his 50s, with a record, posing as a child. Needless to say, my friend was heartbroken and mortified. This happened long before the term catfishing entered the public lexicon, but we are grateful that it ended the way that it did. It goes without saying, but it's critical for parents to monitor what their children are doing on the internet. It's true. It was not called catfishing when it happened to us. I, I guess it, I colloquially, colloquially known as just identity theft. I mean, a, an identity was stolen and projected I, I don't know but it's it's serious stuff a whole bunch of things just came up for me with that because I spoke to girls that supposedly were my age you know 12 13 years old when we were 12 and 13 and just on the internet for the first time girls from Georgia or somewhere else and we're talking about oh you know uh, being boyfriend and girlfriend and wouldn't that be great and and all of a sudden, you, you walk around with a little bit of that, that dopamine, that, um, I don't know, that it's like a, it's a euphoria. Like, this is, this is a real person who likes me. And um, I think that that is just something that uh, it has, I guess it has something to do with your age, but also the age we were living in. I don't think people were completely jaded by what the internet could do and could cost people at the time. I think we're a lot more jaded now. Boy Scout says, went on to a Christian dating site before I was married when MySpace was still popular, ended up connecting with this cute blonde, and after talking for a couple of days, we decided to meet. When she opened the door, I was greeted by a 250-pound land whale that looked nothing like the girl in the pics. Without saying a word, I did a 180 and started to walk away. I immediately started to hear sobbing. And my conscience got the better of me, and I reluctantly turned back. She said she gets no attention from guys, so that's why she used the fake pics. I told her lying, especially on a Christian site, probably is not the best way to go about things. I agreed to continue with the date as we were going to a football game with some of her friends. In the end, it turned out to be a pretty good night. Her friends were pretty chill, and two of her girlfriends actually slipped me their numbers. They were much cuter and weighed far less. <laughs> Jeez. Well, listen, it's, it's animal nature here. I never acted on calling them as I did not want to cause conflict within the group. See, that's a guy of character. But that was my first and last dating experience. I met my now wife 18 years and two months after the online date. Uh, I, I met my wife of 18 years, two months after the online date. Good. Anthony has a story like that, kind of. But it was a local, uh, a local person. And um, never really... Um, presented herself in any deceptive way. They just never talked about looks. They never talked about anything like that. It was sad. Uh, well, it's kind of you know shitty on my part, but um, 
he was really upset. There was a, a few weeks he was talking to this girl. Let's call her Kay. And he was talking to Kay for a while, and they were really, really into each other. They had a lot in common. And he thought, wow, this is a, this is a, real, this is a real thing. And finally, it comes to the point where she sends a picture of herself to Anthony, and she is just not what he expected, is what I'll say. And he was really bummed out. To the, but when I saw the picture, I uh, when he, he had left his room for some reason, he had left the house for some reason, I found the picture on his computer. And I put the picture of her as his desktop background so that when he came back into his room and me and my friends were sitting in my room, we were waiting for him to go to his, his room and jiggle the mouse and have the screensaver go off. As soon as the screensaver go off, there was her big face. And he screamed. And it was funny, uh, really funny to us. Uh, he didn't think it was funny. Uh, it wasn't funny. It's actually pretty shitty, like I said. But we put a picture as the, the desktop, desktop background. And to be honest, we ended up all becoming really good friends. Kay, she, uh, she, we, we did shows together. She helped us promote shows. She was friends with the band. And she was a really, really good person. And I, I haven't seen her in years, but I'd like to I'd like to run into her again again uh, now and again. Who knows? Anyway, that's uh, that wasn't a catfishing. That was just expectations, and it's just hard. It's just hard to I don't know. You know, like that movie Shallow Hal with Jack Black. Uh, there's a lot to be gained from that movie. Obviously, it's it's a little uncomfortable. It's a little weird because. There is so much to sharing interests and having a, a similar outlook on life and similar senses of humor and being able to establish really pure friendship there. But that is just not the whole picture. For some people it is, and some people are sexually attracted to people who are, you know, I'd say bigger in this case, in, in which case it is a home run for someone who looks for heavier set women. Or heavier set men, you know, um, then it's a, a home run. You get the personality, you've got the, the body type you like, and and everybody's happy. But um, but it, uh, the, you know, there's there's a lot more. There's a lot more there. It's like the animal nature. Here is from Miss Tory. Miss Tory says, I wasted two years of my life being catfished. I met a guy on a role-play sim in a virtual world. We were role-playing Game of Thrones. I was 52 and single. He was 67 and supposedly single. Our friendship began soon after, uh, our friendship began and soon after turned into an online and Skype romance. He was from New Zealand. I was from Northeast USA. He's literally on the other side of the planet, he wanted to come to the United States and marry me. I didn't really take him too serious at first, and we broke things off a few times. The third time, he actually bought plane tickets. Once again, he called it off and never got on the plane. I ended things, but eventually he came around again and convinced me that he really wanted to try again. We started making plans. I was such a fool. And this time he got tickets, flew to San Francisco, and was supposed to get on a second flight to Boston where I was going to meet him at the airport. He gave me his Uber info and we booked a ride from Boston to my home. It was my birthday and I was excited, excited to finally meet him. I had the plane tracker app, watched his plane as he arrived in California. Suddenly I got a text message in Skype. He said he had a lot of time to think on the plane. He changed his mind and he was taking the next flight back to New Zealand. 
He apologized and promised to never do that to me again. Damn straight you won't, I thought. I was devastated, and I felt like such a fool since I told my family and friends our plans, and they all warned me. They all warned me. So after I calmed down and reread his stupid breakup text, I realized he wasn't really sad about not meeting me. He said I should have, um, where is it? He said I should have known I would never be able to live out my dream of living in the States. I was like, wait, what? He was using me for my, my country? He went back to New Zealand and married his Chinese girlfriend. I knew he lived with someone, but he convinced me she was disabled, and he promised her Chinese family he would take care of her, and he didn't want any. Uh, he didn't want to do that anymore. He even mentioned something about being offered a bribe from them. Well, it is the Chinese. He knows what his real plans. God knows what his real plans in America would have been. He's probably Jeffrey Dahmer. In hindsight, I believe God turned him around. Because of that, I dodged a bullet. In hindsight, there were always clues you didn't pick up on, but it all makes sense after the fact. Yeah, I totally get that. The clues were all over the place. The clues were all over the place. The fact that Chrissy only had like one, I think there was one other picture of her that didn't really look like the first picture. But again, why would somebody do this? We were naive. We weren't completely jaded yet. So, yeah, that sucks. Anyway, here we go. Moving on more here. Captain Wiggles. He's, they got some more over here, but I want to take some calls now. 914-595-6953. You can get into the Discord. I'm going to set up a catfish line, but please call me right now. I want to hear what you guys have to say about this, and I'm going to read this next story until we can get this rolling. Frank, I have a very interesting story, says Captain Wiggles. One day back in 2012, I was shopping at Walgreens. I get to the checkout, and a guy that I went to high school with was working as a cashier. He states not to embarrass my... He states... Not to embarrass myself, but I'm on a dating website, and there's this girl that looks just like you. And he was talking to said girl. I automatically felt weird, as he was kind of creepy, in high school. But I told him that I that was interesting and went on my day, not thinking anything about it. Fast forward a few weeks, and I get a message from one of my cousin's friends stating, Why are you on Plenty of Fish? Oh, no. I honestly had no idea what he was talking about, and I had no idea what Plenty of Fish was. I told him my confusion. He said it was a dating website. At the time, I was in a relationship, and my cousin's friend was in complete shock that I was on such a site while seeing someone. I'm not the type to do that. So I told him to send me the profile, and it was all of my information, plus all of my photos from Facebook that you could have, uh, that you would have been able to be a friend. You would have had to been a friend of mine to obtain. I was in horror. I had to contact Plenty of Fish to take the Catfish account down. The account was taken down, thankfully. But it doesn't end there. Now, we are in 2014 to 15. Multiple Instagram accounts with all of my information were being sent to me by other guy friends stating that the girl or me was trying to hit on them. My favorite account had had to be the weight loss. Uh, my favorite account had to be the weight loss account. Talk about awkward for me. Anyways, to get those taken down, I had to send my ID and was a whole process. I finally figured out who was taking my information, as majority of it was photos from my private Facebook. It was a girl that I went to high school with who weirdly messaged me about it. Needless to say, I have her blocked. I have her blocked, but she constantly makes new accounts of herself, so I had to block them right away. 
You would think it would end there. Think again. This just past year, as I had gotten engaged, a Tinder account pops up matching with my now husband's friends. This time I'm a nurse and my favorite book is Fifty Shades of Grey. Puke. My name is Christina. Guess what the Plenty of Fish account had as my favorite book and profession and name? All of the above. So she's added again. But this time she can't see my private Facebook info or photos. The account was taken down as well. So I have not been catfished. However, my photos have been used to catfish others, and it is the most disgusting feeling. Every time I hear about catfishing, I feel bad for the people she led on with my information. See, this is the other side of it. This is the other side of it. Sorry, I had to blow my nose. Let's take a call. Lenny Kinney, I will disinfect the mouse. Don't worry. Hey, Lenny, what's going on? Lenny! Hello? Hey, what's going on, Lynn? You're still talking on the screen, so I think I need Mickey stop talking. Yes, yes, no, no, no. Forget about the screen. It's just you and me now. Mute that, and what's going on? Okay. All the stuff you're talking about right now, every single one of those details that you're bringing up, I could say about me. But of course, the catfishing, I never heard of that before. Um, and I don't even know where to start, but it was from a Christian, Christian website, dating website that I got ID theft is what I want to call it. So somebody was, and somebody was posing as you. No, um, they were posing as somebody that they weren't and they were, and I was hooking okay. up with them and they were hooking up with me on that dating website. Okay. Got you. Go ahead. The pictures they sent me of themselves weren't really them. The, the um, whole background of who they were and all the details about them wasn't really who they were. Uh, I was really who I was, but they weren't who they were saying they were. And it ended up being quite a long, months long. Um, I'm embarrassed to even say how long it went and what, what, where it came, what it went to. But it, it got to the point of, yes, financial as well. $3,000 worth. Wow. Uh, MoneyGram, wire transfer, all that kind of stuff. For what? For what? Like, um, what, what were the excuses for why they needed well, money? Oh, he's trapped. He's trapped over in Europe. I forget where exactly in Europe. He was trapped there, and he was trying to close the deal on this big thing that he was doing that unless he brought a certain amount of money to them right now, he had this much, but he needed this much more to close the deal and make the contract solid so that we would have this wonderful future and he, we would be able to get married, and we would have all this money and the beautiful houses and all this stuff. But he had all this money, but he just didn't have it with him. Yeah. And he needed me to send him a certain amount of money to close the deal right now. The way it gets built up is so emotionally uh, detailed that, that you're caught up in it in a way that you can't even describe how you're, okay, catfishing is a good name for it. Hooked. You're hooked. And, and, and all the dating websites, I think, are this way. Um, and I was on, I had a profile on all the dating websites, but it was a Christian website. And I brought up plenty of fish. Um, I got close to being catfish, I guess, on plenty of fish as well. But anyway, it got all the way to the point of, but you, you're building this relationship that you think is this person, this is perfect person, perfect for you. And like you said, only one picture that I get I see of him. I had like three or four of me. Um, Everything that you just said right now, AOL, MySpace, all the way back to then. And I didn't know all this stuff was going on. Um, but anyway, my story is 
I ended up thinking I was in a relationship that was going to end up with him leaving Europe with, with having closed the deal of this big giant contract. I don't even remember what the business was he was involved in. Mm. And then he's going to come back to California and pick me up and take me home with him and we were to be married and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that story ended up with me filing police reports and, and online uh, um, reports and every, physical reports and online reports with the police and with online dating websites. And, and does it ever... Does and it, did, being led... Did they, and when you were talking to the I police... Did I ever get any retribution? No. Well, I was going to say, when you spoke to the police, because what, what, I, what I've learned is that it, it's very hard to hold anybody to account when it comes to... Uh, oh, I, like that, any kind of identity theft like that or whatever, especially, as I said before, yep. uh, in situations where no monetary gain was exacted and it's really just a psycho-emotional trip. It's, um, right. it's really, it's just, it's, it's insane. Well, Lynn, thank, thank you for the call. Really, thank you for the call. It's, uh... Certainly. Yeah, no, they, they just... This and not, is, not that it makes any difference because I don't have any other different... I weird or, or unique um, details to add to it, except all I can add to it is that there's a bunch of people out there that you're not going to hear from and that happened to them, um, and it'll be on the level of identity theft and maybe financial as well. But emotionally, it's draining and exhausting, and yes, it takes you a long time to recover from it. Well, I hope that you're doing well now, and uh, and thank again. Oh, yeah. For, yeah, thank you. Thank you for the insight here. Okay. All right, be well. There's, Have a good night. Thank yeah, you. You too. You too. Um, there's, yeah, it's nutty. What was the other one? Um, oh, Juju was, no, that, that was not, that's not what it was. I'm thinking there was one other, oh, okay. I had a friend, Brendan. Now this guy, this guy was a, um, a one hell of a liar. Then you just have your compulsive liars. This is a person we knew in the flesh who was, I, I, you want to talk about catfishing, he didn't care to do it in front of you. He told us that he was a, uh, he was set to inherit over $500 million of a trust fund that uh, his family had set aside for him because he was really related to big pharmaceutical magnates or whatever the hell it was. And he continued to lie about everyone he knows and, and people he associates with and people he dated and that he had all this money. And one night he he charged a $700 dinner to his credit card that he took us all out for dinner to, um, was it Blue Smoke? I don't know. It was some barbecue place in in, uh, in Manhattan. And I guess this is his way of showing that he can just throw a card. I, I saw in his face because we were, we were already suspicious of him back then. He was a nice guy, but we knew we couldn't trust him. But he, he brought us out. We all we were all hanging out, and then all of a sudden we have this this happen, and he sends over his card for the um, to pay the balance. It's over seven hundred dollars for the bill, and I'm just watching his face, and I can tell he is just he wants to throw up. Say like, this guy doesn't have money. He doesn't have five hundred million dollars coming to him. This is ridiculous. He doesn't smell rich. You know, people who have money have a certain smell to them. Okay ridiculous anyway so there's something about people who are willing to do all this shit um oh uh, abe says he has a catfish story one time i was flipping cedars at truman lake with uh, a biffle bug and uh, laid into a giant i had to bring it into the boat with grippers and 
broke my hook off in its mouth. That was about a 20-pound flathead. Good, Abe. Congratulations. I'm sure that they really left a mark on you. Anyway. Anyway. Let's go on over to another call. Megan. What's going on, Megan? Hey. How's it going, Frank? It's going well. Do you have a story for us? I do. It's kind of a indirect catfish story that I got drug into for many years. So my ex-husband, um, we were together. He used to go on the chat rooms when they were big, and he would make up fake profiles to troll people. So we got divorced, fast forward so many years, and I get a phone call from a reporter that he was in jail because he had gone on to Plenty of Fish and made up a fake profile as a woman. And um, the first man that he lured in got away, but the second man that he lured in, he tortured him to get passwords and then murdered him, cut him up into little pieces. Jeez. And, like, tried to burn the remains in a barrel in the backyard of his parents' house and then dumped him in the storm sewer. So I got drugged into that for many a year. So you wait, wait, so, so, the catfish. So I mean, but so you were uh you were in p- close proximity to a grizzly murder. Yeah. I mean we would have been divorced at that point. But I had gotten drugged into it. Like I had to do an on camera deposition for the um Edmonton, Alberta police. Uh, I may have possibly been subpoenaed to go to Canada as like a character witness. I got drug in from all the press. I mean, my phone was exploding because I mean, it actually went um, almost international. It was all across the U.S. and Canada that the story broke. So um, I actually went to Toronto and I was on a CBC program just because at that point I just wanted the reporters to leave me alone. But, um, yeah, I got drugged into that for many, many years. And, I mean, he wrote books that me and my family are in, and he wrote this SK Confessions that he would, like, change our names and his, like, current wife and his daughter's name and basically wrote about his crime. Wow. I, I mean, yeah. she's... That is something else here. And um, yeah. is, is this a life sentence here, or is it death? What is it going to be? Well, he got 25 years for sure before parole. But yes, life, but he has to serve 25 years before he can be up to parole. Well, Megan, uh, thank you for, for uh, thank you. I, I'm, just, I'm happy you got out of that, and I'm happy your life is very, you're miles away from that whole scene, and Jeez, I'm uh, I'm grateful that you're calling in tonight, and you're all right. Yeah, thanks, Frank. Have a good night, okay? Yeah, yeah, you too. Be well. Thank you so much. That's see, these are why these these stories. This is um, this is it, it. People have a lot of these stories. Freight Awakening on Rumble, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you like the way that YouTube once had the YouTube super chats. It is like that again on Rumble with the Rumble rants. They are very much like the Super Chats. They have not been, uh, Rumble is not designed any way to separate the Super Chats uh, 
the Rumble rants aside from the regular general admission chat room. And uh, I, I, I mean, they have not done that yet. So it's a little hard for me to see them, but they're just as well. So feel free to get into some of those Rumble rants over there. Fred Awakening says, I never thought I was catfish until my girlfriend quote-unquote girlfriend, did Jay's finger test and revealed her true status as a man. Thanks again, Jay. Whoa. Okay, well. Well, there's that. Um, damn. Yeah, well, there's only so far, only so far you can go before, before you can, there's only so long you can hide the dick. Only so long you can hide it. Um, all right, what do we have? Sean Joe. This is all on Foxhole. Thank you. Oh, the Yankees just tied up the score. Harrison Bader just sent a one-out home run into the seats. Now it's tied at three. Good man. I like this kid. Sean Joe says it sends over a cookie. Paulie, 93-63, off the road, into the ditch, and into the weeds. Thank you, Sean Joe, one, two, three, SKG, Judy the Lady Pug, Sean Joe again. Again, here he says, uh, did he go over the Bear Mountain Bridge and visit West Point? Oh, I guess you're asking about Tim. I don't I don't think so. I would rather be lied to than be the one lying. You know, that's from Mez, and I completely agree. I completely agree. When I read these stories and I and I recollect what happened to me and the guys over here with the whole Chrissy situation, I I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine continue, you know, going through with that and keeping it going. I can't imagine it. It's something that's very hard for me to to conceive of to and especially like what what Linny was talking about, where she met somebody on a Christian dating site or whatever it was. And they are talking for some time, and obviously she's becoming more and more emotionally invested in the possibility of a relationship. The guy on the other end, or whoever it is, can probably tell, oh, we've got the hooks in this one. Let's ask her for $3,000 to start our new life. That is just incredible. That's incredible. And to, t- and, to, and to think that, oh, this is a big win. We got it. $3,000. It's ours. All right. And, and what they really just did was they were talking, they were working over 15, 20 other women and men, just like Linny. They're working them all over. $3,000 here, $1,500 there. But yeah, I'd rather be the one that got scammed than the one who has to have that on my soul. That's just a, that's a scar that leaves you. Uh, Emmerflow says, I'm so late for the show. Glad you're back home safe. Love the Franklies. Love you too. One, two, three, SKG. Angela Lansbury has passed at 96. One of her creepier roles was in the musical Sweeney Todd. I brought that up as well. Then a cookie fight has, uh, spawned from Witchy Poo again. Sean Joe, Jay Brewskies, Mr. Spock, Judy the Lady Pug, Stowstube. Great show from the, uh, from the Tube Stows. Absolutely no relation to the Stowstube character I hear on this thing. Okay. There you have it. Jay Brewskis again. Sean Joe Patriot game. Oh, people are really getting into it tonight. 
PJ Jwernik. I see a lot of new people at QuiteFrankly.tv. This is wonderful. Those gold pills, ladies and gentlemen, they go a long way. They go a long way, and they have nothing to do with PayPal, just letting you know. And it helps support the, the, the greater Foxhole network there, too. So, Sean, Joe, Jay, now they're going nuts. Curious Patriot. Thank you all so much. Witchy Poo is just burying me in cookies. Aurora's going to love that one. Cookie? All right. Let's take a call. Kelly Miracle. What's going on, Kelly? Hey, Frank. How you doing? Can you hear me? I can hear you, Kelly. Give me what you got. I met a girl that lived up by my mom's house that had been catfish. She had come over to the United States to Lafayette, Louisiana to meet a guy. He was from Malta, the country of Malta. Beautiful young girl. Uh, the the Italian, the the Italian Peninsula? Huh? Malta, like the Italian Peninsula, Malta? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So he was coming and here to meet her in Louisiana. He came to Lafayette, Louisiana and met this guy, and he had lied to her about all kinds of stuff and had borrowed his sister was an attorney. And he borrowed his sister's Mercedes, and his family did have money, but he didn't. And he picked up, he borrowed, borrowed his sister's Mercedes to pick her up at the airport, and then um, eventually everything came out. She stayed with him, though. They wound up having a little boy and a beautiful child, and I believe they wound up getting divorced. And she's back in Malta. I see her on Facebook occasionally. And, you know, we, we are friends or, I guess, acquaintances. But uh, it it was a crazy thing that she had been totally lied to and then stayed with him. But I guess since his family had some money, that it wasn't such a bad scene for her to, to live through that. Jeez. And she... Yeah. Okay, so there's a, there's a catfish story that kind of worked itself out, and they actually continued onward. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Crazy they got they got a they got a life in the Mediterranean, and they have a, a beautiful child now. So, all right. Well, yeah. it, it's good to have some kind of a silver lining on this night of nightmare. Yep, we got to keep always looking for those silver linings. Well, thank you for the call, Kelly. It's great to hear from you. You too, dear. Good night. All right. Be well. Okay, Kelly Miracle, actually talking about a, what would be a dating miracle. Can you imagine that? I can't. I just can't. Abe says, I have a catfish story. One time I was flipping cedars. Oh, this is the same thing. 20-pound flathead. Abe is very, very proud of this 20-pound flathead. Is that a catfish? I don't know. Stostube says, Frank, I have to admit something to you. I'm actually much cooler in real life. Ha! Love you, bro. Okay. So everybody's getting real creepy. You know, you know, I heard, I can't wait to have Jay Gulinello on to talk about his health retreat because I know a couple of Franklies went out there and apparently it was life-changing. I will not miss it next year. Will not. Will not miss it. Okay, let's go and take a really quick break. When we come back, more of your calls, a little bit more of these stories, and I think this is a wonderful night. Don't go anywhere. I'm Robert Frank, and I'm going to demonstrate the proper way how to 
the wrong way. Excuse me. Excuse me, ma'am. I just want to... The proper way. Give me your fucking number! Quite frankly, listen live or download it and take it with you wherever you go while you're driving, walking, working, or <laughs> you dirty dog. For all things, go to quitefrankly.tv. You like what you see? Become a sponsor. Quite Frankly streams live weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern wherever you get your podcast. So for everything, it's quitefrankly.tv. sounding like Eric Cartman. It's real. That could have just as easily been taken right out of South Park. Okay. Got through a whole two hours. I didn't know how, uh, how things were going to shake out tonight, but um, I feel pretty good. We're rolling right along. Let's do one more red read reading here's from kawaii kawaii cat kawaii cat says this let me see here says uh summering summing up first my photos my stuff stolen from my room at home apartment in austin was used to catfish someone for five years in the 2000s here's a story summer 2004 then-boyfriend and I were driving back from the beach. We're driving back from the beach and just pulling into a Sonic in Houston when I got a call from a number I didn't recognize. You actually still answered calls from unknown numbers back then. Hi, this is Val. This is Patrick Green. Do you know who I am? Yeah, you're Meg's boyfriend in California, right? So that's why I'm calling. This entire time I thought I was dating you. Cut to the craziest thing that I had ever heard in my life for five years this girl I thought I knew had been leading on this guy from California pretending to be me 
She had stolen items from my room, including photos and tchotchkes from my jewelry chest, mailed them to him. She talked to him for hours every night, come up with stories and different voices, even lied to me about wanting to become a photographer, so I helped her with silly photo shoots, which I already did for my sister, so I thought, why not? In order to send him things relevant to stuff he'd made up, she had made up. In my email, he sent me evidence of all this. He had even paid for her, my, I guess, apartment. Paid for her dinners at night, often pizza. Even hosted her at his apartment under the ruse that I myself was too shy and scared to meet him. So she, my best friend, had to go meet him first. And it was actually her. Jeez. I worked with her for a few months, half a year prior to this call. And she had my, she had my friend and I come over to play a board game with him over the internet. She said that the audio was broken and I was so uncomfortable with how she he stared at me the entire time we were there. Who knew? This girl was obese, by the way, morbidly, horribly obese. Once she showed me some lingerie that she had uh, that he'd sent her and it was it would barely fit her arm. Oh my gosh. Jeez. Call Jay Gulinello. Start fasting. Um, once she showed me, uh, uh, that's so bizarre and, and insensitive and crazy. I remember thinking, why would he send something so small for her? You know, what is he trying to do? You know, that's scarring. You better get your sizes right when you're shopping for women. And if you're going to screw up, you better screw up a couple of sizes too small and say, oh, I, I had no clue. You, 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 you better, it can cause problems. Um, what else do we have? Uh, the girl was obese. I remember one day she didn't come into work because she said her boyfriend in California had been in a motorcycle wreck, which I guess at least I was glad to hear he, it wasn't true. He was glad to learn that as her stories about me changed from the truth about my life to utter fiction. No, my twin sister hadn't died from a heroin overdose, and actually I had finished college and had a career in television after all and wasn't in, even engaged. So he's, bringing, he's making all the stuff up about her. She's making all the stuff up about her. This answered some questions as to the likely fate of my college graduation ring. Though he didn't have it, I wouldn't be surprised if she had stolen it for another similar ploy or my camcorder and hours of tapes from my sister and my trip across Europe in the winter prior. Sadly, I never got to see or save those videos. She probably took the videos of her on vacation to show, yeah, this was us last year and and that and and listen for somebody for this to go on for five years, it's possible. It's possible at least for a time. I don't, and, and 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 like I said, it's a uh, it's the age in which this is going on. I think that if you are not getting onto FaceTime within the first couple of days, people are thinking that you're working some kind of an angle and you're bullshit. You're not who you say you are. But back in two thousand five ish, around there, the early two thousands, it's very easy. It's very easy, especially if you can, can can provide a copious amount of personal artifacts that are consistent with an actual person. And you can continue providing new stuff, things that are unique to the internet. It's definitely possible. Um... I worked in a court in I worked in court TV at the time, but the judge explained there was no recourse for any of this for me or the man who had lost five years of his life. He flew out to see me, by the way, uh, as we decided he needed closure and to realize he wasn't actually in love with me. 
He went on to marry and have children, though never told his wife about this embarrassing chapter of his life. I honestly forgot about it often. I forget about it often, though it is quite the story to tell, however surreal. <laughs> Hold on. Don't worry, I'm going to disinfect everything. And I have a small pile of tissues with me on the floor. It's a hard wood floor. Don't worry, it's going to be disinfected. I honestly forgot about it. I, I forget about the Chrissy thing all the time. It used to be something that, you know, you know, for a while there, but it's been a long time. Further info, I met, I met this girl because my sister had made an online forum for goth kids in San Antonio. Wow. Well, it goes on and on and on. And... Ladies and gentlemen, there is... That's almost all of them. That's almost all. There's one from Derek from Pennsylvania. And a few other things here. You can go and check it out. I'll leave it pinned to the top of the forum for the next couple of days. So you can add and subtract to some things. And share with people. But that's incredible. Incredible stuff. Let's take one more call. 859, you're on the air. Who's this? 859, you there? Goodbye, 859. Uh, let's see here. Let's take a call from Discord. Hey, Berserker Bear, what's going on? Yo, Berserker. Do you hear me, Berserker? Three? Two? Okay. He was in the first-time caller line, but I'm pretty sure he's not a first-time caller. 859, last time. Okay. Hello? Yes, yes, I'm here. Hey, what's yes, going I'm on? Here. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead, sir. Hey, hey, Frank. How are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. How are you doing? God bless you. God bless you. So I, what do you have for me tonight? I go by T-Rex. T-Rex. I'm going to get off subject here um, because how, I've been trying to tell you the story. How far off subject are we getting here? Because you're the last call tonight, and I'd like to stay consistent. Okay, um, well, it would go to wrestling with Macho Man Randy Savage. All right, you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Real quick, we okay. got, we got, so we got in, two, we got I two minutes. In, I, live in, I live in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, that's kind of where wrestling started. Um, Macho Man Randy Savage lived up the road from myself when I was six years old. And so at six years old... I had a friend who at, uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning said that Macho Man Randy Savage lived around the corner from us, and do you want to go get an autograph? I said, okay. So we go up around the corner. I'm the one that knocks on the door. And I walk up to the door, knock on the door, and he comes to the door. And his hair is a mess. He has no shirt on. Uh, comes to the door and basically says, what do you want? And I said, can I get your autograph? And he said, no, and he slammed the door in my face. So 15 years later, I am in Dallas airport, uh, and we see Macho Man Randy Savage on the telephone. And my father said, go up and tell him this story. And so I did. I walked up, and he was on the payphone, was very hesitant of who he was talking to and to who I was. 
And actually, um, so he turned around. He said, what do you want, son? You want an autograph? And I said, I actually got a story for you. I said, you live in Lexington, Kentucky. You live here at this point. I said, I was six years old. And I said, I apologize because I'm six. And um, I didn't know what people did on a Friday night or a Saturday night and partying-wise because I'm six years old. And so I um, I went through the story, and I got to the point where I knocked on your door. You opened the door. He said, I'm sorry. I asked what you wanted, and I said I wanted an autograph. And he stopped me right there in the middle of the conversation, and he said, I've been looking for you my whole life. He said, I slammed the door in your face, and I just want to apologize to you. I want to totally apologize to you for what I did and how I treated my um, my fans because I, he said I told myself that I would never, ever do that again to a fan ever again. And he said, do you want an autograph? And I said, no, thank you very much. And I turned around and walked off. <laughs> wow. Did, now, what, did, what did that do for you uh, as an adult? Did, did, was it at least closure? Were you good enough just with the conversation? Did you hel- hold anything against him? What, 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 what was it? Or, or was it just like no, no real emotion uh, response at all from you? Because it sounds like it, this was something he was, had been meaning to do for a long time. Yes, it was. Well, it wasn't necessarily closure because I was a six-year-old kid and I didn't know what people did. And and, but it was just. Uh, hopefully, it was closure for him. But it was closure for me also. I mean, it, I didn't hold anything against him uh, by any means. It was just a straight-up conversation um, that he actually stopped me in, and he was totally 100% um, as forthcoming, as apologetic as he could ever be. Uh, to actually see humanity being humanity and being as humble as you could be and apologizing to somebody. Well, I, I gotta, and that's, so, that's an incredible story. I'm, I'm glad that you, you got on and glad that you told it to close out the show. It's a, it, it's a big thing there. I'm, I'm glad it just goes to show the, um, I don't know, the soul that the guy had and he, he wasn't soulless at all. That's for sure. Because six years old, that leaves an impression. Around six years yeah. old, something like that happens to you. You can carry with it, carry that with you for a long time. That kind of maybe some people can brush it off, but other people can internalize, uh, you know, not you know not being good enough or not being wanted around or you know or maybe you would be inhibited to do something a little bit uh, daring and bold the next time around. That kind of thing can leave a, a lasting mark on a child. Obviously hasn't done that really to you it's a it's a memory that you've you've held your whole life but it it left a mark on him and I, it just just the, the thought of you guys being in the same place at the same time all those years later and he probably thinking that he would never had seen you again to make things right and there you are in an airport that's pretty interesting i, I love that story exactly. thank you for this man thank you for the call yeah, great story hey god bless you and you have a wonderful evening all right take care randy macho man savage the man he was probably all strung out on coke. He probably threw his lower back out, banging God knows how many broads. He was having a wild night that night, and this little six-year-old shows up. He's like, can I have your autograph? No. It's enough to get me to the boiling point. Um, great story. Great show. Thank you guys for being here with me. Um... Uh, If you have any more that you want to add, please get into that forum thread. 
I want uh, those stories. They can be saved in perpetuity now that we are we have an independently funded and hosted forum that is not attached to a crazy Reddit uh, platform or something like that. So I really hope that you guys are um, are are signing up and getting involved in that forum because it's going to be a huge source of original content for the show, as you can see on nights like tonight. So uh, thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and I'll see you tomorrow at 7 o'clock. we got Robin McCutcheon as our Wednesday night guest. So be well. Take care. And I'm going to release the scratching right now. Wait, 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 wait. Cookie Fight, C. Blanche, Boyce Blanc. I think that's all we got. Candelicious. So there's a lot of people being very generous tonight. And I appreciate you all for the scratching has been released and I will see you tomorrow. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, sorry, I'll, dif I'll disinfect that too. Is film before a live computer audience. Of catfishes. And now our super chatters Abe Stostube, Revolution, Summer 711, and Page Coffee Rev. Thank you to all my wonderful friends on Rumble, on Rock, Rockfin, on QuiteFrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole, on Theta, on YouTube. Anybody else? Oh, that's right. D Live and Twitch. I love you guys as well. See you soon. Email the show and enjoy. Your night.